Today's topic is Israeli produce. <clears throat> uh, now, there are certain, several mitzvahs that apply only for produce that grows in Eretz Yisrael. Um, and <clears throat> being as most of us live in Chutzarts, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not so familiar with these halachas, um, we're going to give a little bit of an outline of what those halachas are, um, without going into too much detail. Okay, so the first thing is like this. Um, all these halachas that we're going to speak about today apply for things that grew in the halachic borders of Eretz Yisrael. Those halachic borders are not ex- do not exactly match with the political borders of the state of Israel. Um, so, <clears throat> and, and there are two like basic approaches to decide what the halachic borders of Eretz Yisrael are. Uh, one way of looking at it says they look at the Arabic names for cities uh, and other similar types of proofs to figure out what were the towns that the Torah and Chazal give to tell us this is a border, this is in Eretz Yisrael, out of Eretz Yisrael, and things like that. So they use those kind of um, indications to prove where the borders are. And the other way of looking at it says, no, we don't do anything like that. We, we don't use any of those kind of uh, proofs. That they're very, you know, this is automatic weakness to them, and we don't use those. And that the difference between those, the, the most dramatic difference between those, has to do with where the southern border of Eretz Yisrael is. Um, those who are more machmir, who don't want to use any kind of uh, proofs from names and things like that, put that border at um, 30 degrees latitude, based on Rambam, uh, at 30 degrees latitude, which is way down close near Hilat. And the other ones, which uses uh, names to make the determination where the, where the border is, would say that the border is about 40 miles north of that. So there's this big section, um, it's called the North Aravad, there's this big section, uh, which is debated whether it is or is not technically in the borders of Eretz Yisrael, even though in the, the, the official borders of the state of Israel, of course, it's, it's included. Now, <clears throat> for most of us, <clears throat> this is an academic question. It's not a practical question, because usually I have no way of knowing when something comes from Israel, I have no idea which part of Israel grew in. To go in this part, and in that part, and the part that's, you know, in, according to the din, is in Eretz Yisrael, is out of Eretz Yisrael, most of us can't figure that out. And usually, therefore, the, the prudent thing is to say, that if something comes from is it was came from Israel and it grew in Israel, we assume it's produce very Israel, and the halachas we're going to talk about in a few minutes are relevant to it. Uh, <clears throat> we're trying to figure out exactly where it grew. You know, that, that's for most of us. Uh, at the same time, the, the the opposite of that is is that if I walk into a fruit store and I see produce and it doesn't say and I can't figure out the country of origin where it comes from um, here when I'm living out of Eretz I can assume that it did not grow from Eretz um, and I could assume that if I go there and there's, uh, I don't know, bananas or cucumbers or something like that, I can assume that it didn't come from Eretz Yisrael. So in this pers- in this idea of, of trying to figure out what something does or doesn't come from Eretz Yisrael, it's, it's worth noting, excuse me, that Eretz Yisrael exports lots of carrots, peppers, herbs, citrus fruit, watermelon seeds, and flowers. <clears throat> so when you're paying attention, what you're looking for, um, most likely that a cucumber is not going to come from Eretz Yisrael, but a carrot would be more suspicious. So just something to bear in mind. Okay, so now the first of the halachas that are uh, particular for Yisrael, <coughs> or, or special for Yisrael, is the halacha of Arla. And that is um, fruit that grows in the first three years that it, after a tree is planted is also, we can't eat it, nor can we have enough from it, any benefit from it. That's, that, that is or that mitzvah is called Arla. Now, um, most mitzvahs that have to do with the land, mitzvah to lose borrowers, are land, things, mitzvahs for the land itself, or things that grew in the land, and they only apply in Eretz Yisrael. And Arla is an exception to that. I'll say some other exceptions in a second. Arla is an exception to that, and that is that um, in Chutz Arts, 
the only food that the earl does apply in the chutzaretz, but the only um, the only things that are usher in the chutzaretz are things that are for sure arla. So if I have a tree in my backyard and I know when I planted it, I know that this fruit grew within the first three years, then it would be usher. But if there's any suffolk, then it's a mutter. And therefore, most people in chutzaretz don't ever think about arla because there's always going to be a suffolk. If I walk into a suit, there's always a question, is this from the first three years or not from the first three years? I never know that it's from the first three years. Again, except if like, you have like something in your backyard. Uh, and therefore, for most people, um, in the Chutzars, never even think about Arla, even though Arla does actually apply in the Chutzars. I'm going to talk about Eretz only in one second. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back now just to say some other exceptions that we're really not going to talk about. of Halachas also that apply special in Chutzars and in Eretz Yisrael, just as sort of the diversion. They apply in Chutzars and in Eretz Yisrael, but differently in two of them. So the first two exceptions are Klayim and Hafar Shaschala, uh, which both apply in Chutzars. <coughs> Um, but the, the, each one of them has reasons why they're less strict than Chutzarts. Uh, I'm not going to talk about them today because for consumers it doesn't really make such a difference because Kalayim is an Isra on the farmer. It doesn't have it doesn't affect the food. So the food remains kosher even if the person was over on Kalayim and he planted things close together that, that are not supposed to be planted next to each other. And Hafashashala is also something that applies in Chutzarts and in Eretzishol. But, and the Halachas are more lenient in Chutzarts and Eretzishol. But, and just basically, almost everything that's going to, that needs hafarsh chala, you have to buy with hashkacha anyhow. So you're counting on the hashkacha to make sure that the hafarsh chala was done well. Uh, something related to that, a third exception, which is related to that, is the din of chadash, um, which many allow if it comes from grains from chutzaretz or from a non-Jews farm in chutzaretz. There are different reasons to be meko, and those are cools that don't apply if it grew in Eretz Yisrael in a Jewish farm. So again. Just like with Chala, most of the things you're going to buy are going to come with a reputable Hashkacha. So if it's coming from Eretz Yisrael, with Halachas are more strict, um, the Hashkacha is going to be taken care of there. Um, two things that are not um, related to agriculture, that's basically what we talk about, the agricultural thing, the things that grow, are the Halachas of Bechor and Zoroel Chaim Akeva, that they are stricter, or we could say exclusive, to meat from Eretz Yisrael that was owned by a Jewish person. Um, and again, it has to do with the Hashkach, and he takes care of that. Um, so those are some other halachas that are really applying to Chutzarts, uh, but they apply differently in Eretz and Chutzarts. Okay, and yeah, back to where we were. So the mitzvah of Arl applies in Eretz and Chutzarts, but in Chutzarts, Suffolk Arl, if you have a question of something that's Arl, it's for sure okay. It's mutter. So most of us, most people in Chutzarts never even think about whether the orange they're buying in the store, the almonds they, they're buying, are they Arl, are they not Arl? It makes a difference. They, they don't have to think about it because... Because any suffolk is mutter, so of course it's going to be a suffolk and you'll let it eat it. However, if the fruit grew in Eretz Yisrael, then suffolk arla is aser. Um, <clears throat> and of course, that iser is not only if, it's, if you're in Eretz Yisrael, even if the fruit gets exported to Chutzar, the same thing applies, of course. So, suffolk also, the, the halacha arla is stricter in Eretz Yisrael because of that then. So the post-game in Eretz Yisrael <clears throat> take different positions on how much percentage of a fruit has to be arla to be also. What I mean is that, of course, let's say let's say we pick a fruit, oranges. Okay, Even if some oranges are arla, they're not all. So what percentage of the oranges have to be arla before I say, oh, this is a Suffolk arla, which is going to be also. Um, some of the most common sheep are it has to be 50% or 10% or 5%. Meaning if it passes that threshold, that's when you have to be machmir, not eat it unless you know it's not arla. An example like this. Um, apricots are one and a quarter percent of the apricots growing in Eretz Yisrael are Arla. So everybody would hold that you don't have to be choshish for Arla on apricots because even the most strict opinion, which was 5%, this is more mikkel than that. Okay, 
But if you have star fruit, 12% of the star fruit are are, are, um, are from newer, relatively new trees. So therefore, some of the shittas would be machmer and some would be mekel, and therefore um, uh, there would be a question whether you could eat star fruit if you didn't know if it was if it was arlo or not. Now in Eretz Yisrael, because of this issue, um, there are people who uh, track this information and they produce lists of the percentage of arlo from each fruit, and then the hashkachas in Eretz Yisrael, and for that matter in America, use that use those lists to figure out and help consumers and caterers and stores and whoever wants to use this stuff figure out whether they should buy something they shouldn't buy it. You know, if all of a sudden if oranges, uh, lemons show up from Eric's as well, um, here in Chicago, then how do we know if they're Arlo or not? So the way we know if they're Arlo, we deal with the Arlo part of it is by checking the list to find out, okay, how much, how many, what percent of lemons coming from Eric's as well, growing in Eric's as well, are Arlo, and then we can know whether we should be worried or not worried about the Arlo part of it. We deal with the other mitzvahs in a second, but the Arlo part of it, that's how we figure that out. Now, um, I, I should have probably mentioned at the beginning, Arlo is only concerned for fruit, and the word fruit in this context usually means is something uh, 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 something that grows back year after year and you don't have to replant it. Like, for example, I keep saying oranges and lemons and almonds. You, you, if you, uh, once you plant it, the tree, once the tree is growing, you don't plant the tree every year. It keeps on growing back. Um, so they have the halachas of arla. But let's say have peppers and carrots. Um, they don't grow back year after year. You have to replant them each year. Those are not included in the halacha of arla. And they, the isra doesn't apply to them at all. Okay, so now let's move on to our next thing. Um, the thing that most people are most familiar with is truma and meiser, um, which is uh, you can't eat produce that comes from Eretz that grew in Eretz Yisrael unless you separate trumas and meisers. Okay, well, now what that means is as follows. There are basically five things that have to be separated. Okay, and I'm going to go through each of them, um, then we'll give a little detail. Okay, the, five, the first one is truma gadarla. And for truma, you give it any tiny amount. Doesn't have, there's no sheer how much you have to give. Give any tiny amount, and it's meant to go to Kahanim, and it has Kedusha. Then, after that comes Maiserishan. Maiserishan is a tenth of the produce, like 10% of the produce. It's intended for Levium, that's who it's for, and it does not have Kedusha to it. Then, from the, the Maiserishan, you've given 10% to the Levi. The Levi takes 10% of what he got, which is to say 1% of the overall produce, and he gives that to a Kahanim, that's called Trumas Maiser. So, it's Truma from the Maiser. Um, and that's meant for Kahanam, and just like regular, like Chuma Gadala, it has Kedusha to it, and it's meant for Kahanam. Now, those are the, the first three. Then the next is, um, is Meiser Shani. We mentioned Meiser Rishan, the first Meiser, the, the second Meiser, is you take 10% after you've given the Meiser Rishan, so now you have 90% of your produce left, uh, 90% minus a tiny bit, 90%, you give 10% of what's left, um, and it's and separate that as Meiser Shani, uh, that produce is meant to be eaten in Yerushalayim. Um, so that's, that comes out to 9% of the overall um, produce that there was, because 10% went to Maiserishan, which part of that went to Chumas Maiser. But, so 10% went off to Maiserishan. A tiny bit went to Chuma Gudela. So essentially, 9% is, is going to go to what's for Maiser Shani. It has Kedusha to it. And the last is called Maiser Oni. It's Maiser that's given to poor people. Again, that's 10% after the Maiserishan was given. So it's 9% of the total produce. It goes to an ani, to a poor person, and it does not have Kedusha. Okay, so those are the five things that have to be separated. Now, these separations run on a seven-year cycle, um, and the, that seven-year cycle, the most recent one started in Tavshin Pei Gimel. That was last year. Now we're in Tavshin Pei Dalad. So the most recent one started in Tavshin Pei Gimel. So the seventh year of that cycle is Shemitah, has special halachas. We'll talk about Shemitah in a second. So the seventh, the seventh year of Shemitah, that's sort of a, its own special rules. The other six years, the other six years, 
The first three that I mentioned, Chuma Gedola, Maiserishin, and Chuma's Maiser, you have to separate every year. You have to separate Chuma Gedola, Maiserishin, and I'm sorry, Chuma Gedola, Maiserishin, and Chuma's Maiser. The other two, Maiser Shani, Maiser Oni, they alternate years. During years one, two, four, and five, you give Maiser Shani. <coughs> so this year, Tashan Pedalit, excuse me, is the second year of, of the cycle. So you give Maiser Shani. And during years three and six, that would be next year. And the sixth year of the cycle, you give Maiser Ani. Okay, so every year you need to give Chumagdala, Maiser Rishon, and Chumas Maiser. That's in total a drop more than 10% has to be given. And then uh, another 9% is either Maiser Shani or Maiser Ani, depending on the year. Now, for these kind of things, the year starts on Rosh Hashanah. <coughs> but to decide which year a fruit or vegetable belongs to depends on all different types of factors having to do with how and when it grew. And depending on the type of, is it a fruit or a vegetable or a grain, all kinds of different details to determine which year did this produce, did this thing, is this a first year produce, a second year, a third year, etc. So unless you know lots about these halachas, and unless you know a lot about the ag- agriculture, like when do pe- peppers grow and when do oranges grow? You have to know that information of when it grows. Um, so basically what most people do is they separate the 9%, which is, and they say, look, I don't know whether this fruit is my sashani or my sashani, whichever one it is, that's what I want this to be. That 9% is whatever it is. Is it my sashani or my sashani? I don't know. But whatever it is, Hashem, you know what it's supposed to be. That's what you should make it. Now, uh, <clears throat> my sashani and my sashani don't have kedusha. So as a general rule, um, all you have to do is designate it. You, know, you, you can't eat the produce until you've separated. You said this is the part that's going to be my and truma, etc. But what, for my sashani and my sashani, you say this is the part that's my sashani or this is the part that's my sashani. It doesn't have kedusha, so you're allowed to eat it. Um, so, for whatever reasons, we, we don't give it to a lady or to a poor person, and as a general rule, and therefore you designate it, and then you can eat it and everything else. Okay, but the other three, Chuma Gedola, Chuma's Meister, and Meister Shani, they do have kedusha. So, after I designate it, I can't eat it. So, what I gotta do is like this. Um, not, not, only, not only do they have, they have kedusha, I should speak it up, now they kedusha, some of them are only available for Kahanim. But all, both, all these, Chuma, Chuma's Meister, and Meister Shani, have to be in when I'm Tahar and the, the produce is Tahar. Well, we assume that we're Tame and the produce is Tame. So basically, you can't eat them. So you separate them, but no one's going to be able to eat them. So what you do is like this. So let, let's think what we have to separate and deal with this Kedusha that we have. So for Chuma Gadala, we need a tiny bit. Any tiny bit is enough to be Chuma Gadala. Chuma's Meister is going to be 1% of the whole produce. So I need to separate 1% for Chuma's Meiser, a tiny, any tiny bit as the Chuma Gedola, and then 9% as the Meiser Shani. Okay, so for the Chuma, the Chuma Gedola and the Chuma's Meiser, I'm going to separate them. They have Kedusha, I'm going to, then I'll wrap them and discard them. R- double wrap them, put them in the garbage, or burn them, and, and get rid of them. Um, because I can't eat them, no one can eat them. What about the part that's Meiser Shani, if it's from that year, a year Meiser Shani? So what you do is you take 9% of the produce and it's Meiser Shani. Now, most people don't want to take 9% of the produce and, and wrap it up and put it in the garbage. That's a lot of produce. So, excuse me. So what we do is we transfer the Kedusha onto a coin. Um, and, and you could use any coin worth more than about 10 cents. Uh, you transfer the Kedusha onto a coin. Being as you can't do anyhow, you could transfer it onto this little coin. And then the coin gets defaced and thrown into the river or the sea. Okay. So now let me, so now let me summarize all that by explaining how you would actually do the separation of Trumas and Meister. Uh, and for my example, I'm going to use clementines. Um, the same is for anything. It makes no difference. So what you do is, first you do is you say, you have all your clementines in front of you. You take 
a little bit more than 1% of these clementines, just 1% plus, drop more than 1% and put them on a separate plate. Okay, so you have all the clementines sitting in front of you and a little more than 1% sitting on a plate next to you. You also <clears throat> take a coin that's, again, worth more than about 10 cents and put it into your hand. And now you go like this. You say, the, of those of those clementines that are on the plate, remember I put a little more than 1%, the part that's more than 1%, not the 1%, the part that's a little bit more, that I want it to be true Mugadol. Okay, then I say, um, the the what about the rest of the clementines that are on the plate, which is to say the 1%, that part, plus nine equal portions to that. So let's say that's one ounce. So I say plus nine equal portions, meaning nine other ounces that are not on the plate, that are on the north side of, of the of the stuff that's not on the plate. I want all those together to be my solution. So I took the nine parts that are off the plate, one part that's on the plate, they together are the Mycerician. And I say, the part that's on the plate, the Mycerician that I left on the plate, I want to make that Chumas Meiser. Again, that's 1% of the total. That's why I had it on the plate there. So now the Chumas Meiser and the Chuma are together on the plate. Uh, now I say, now so again, and I've left my, the rest of my Chuma, rest of my Meiser is on the, off the plate. Okay, now, then I say, 10% of this Clementines, which have not had any, anything done to them, okay, of the remaining that are there, that are, and I take 10%, which on the southern part of that clementines that are off the plate, I want them to be Meister Shani or Meister Oni, depending which year this, these clementines really belong to. And I say like this, if, it, if it's true that this is a year of Meister Shani, then I want the Kedusha from, those, from that produce that I just separated to be on this coin that I'm holding in my hand. Okay, so now that I've done all my separations, what I'm left with is, on a plate, I have Truma, a tiny bit of Truma Gudoyla, and a bigger portion of Truma's Meister, those have Kedusha. I can't use those. I have to wrap those up and put them in the garbage or burn them. Uh, and the coin that I have in my hand now has the Kedusha from the Meister Shani, and that I deface and I throw it into the river or the sea. Okay, that's Truma's Meisters. And our last thing to talk about is, uh, well, our last thing to do about Mitzvahs is Shemitah. And that is, um, I mentioned there's a seven-year cycle. The, the most recent Shemitah was in Tavshim Pei Beis. <coughs> the next one's going to be Tavshim um, Pei Tes. That's starting Rosh Hashanah of 2028. Um, the, the year begins in Rosh Hashanah. Um, but, so as far as farmers are concerned, it starts on Rosh Hashanah, basically. But as far as the fruits and vegetables that we would buy in the store, um, it's not exactly the same. And that is like this. Shemitah for vegetables starts basically right away, meaning as soon as, whatever's harvested during Shemitah has the dinner Shemitah produce. Um, and so that'll start right after Shemitah begins, right after Rosh Hashanah, the produce is a concern of Shemitah. And basically it goes, it ends at the end of Rosh Hashanah of the next year, give or take. A little more about give or take Rosh Hashanah. Shemitah for fruit, does not work about fruits and grains and, and kidneys, other kinds of grains. Um, those don't become Shemitah produce until somewhat later in the year, and they will continue to be produced from Shemitah until in the middle of the eighth year. So during that whole time, you have to treat them, you have to be concerned that those are Shemitah produce. Of course, I'm only talking about fresh stuff, things that are in cans or frozen, um, or wine or dried herbs, of course, those are going to, will be around for a long time. But I'm talking about fresh stuff. Okay, now, <clears throat> there's another difference in fruits and between fruits and vegetables. First, I told you the difference between which part of the year there is a concern. But there's even a bigger difference, and that's like this. Vegetables that grew during Shemitah are forget, are completely asr. Midrabanan, they are completely asr. It's called svichen. And the reason why the Chacham asked that is because they were concerned if people would be allowed to eat those vegetables, people would go plant vegetables and say, oh, they just grew by themselves. I didn't plant them. So Chazal therefore asked all vegetables that grow during Shemitah. So, for example, we have carrots from Shemitah. Um, they're asr. Just, just flat out, you can't eat them. But that Isra of Svichen only applies to 
vegetables, which are things you plant every year. Fruits you don't plant every year, so Chazal didn't ask for those because there's no concern. I'm going to plant it to make it grow. Of course, that doesn't make any sense. So grapes from Shemitah are mutter. However, they have their own rule, and that is they have to be treated with Kedusha Shviyas. Kedusha Shviyas means is that you can't waste them or ruin them. Even in Kulak, you have leftovers. You can't waste them or ruin them. Uh, you can't export them from Eretz Yisrael. You can't do business with them, like buy and sell them in the normal way. And it comes a certain point when there's no more left of that thing, let's say grapes, left in the fields for animals to eat, then you have to make whatever you have, you have to make it hefker, that's called a mitzvah called beer. Okay, so um, so that mitzvah of Kedusha Shviyas applies to things from Shemitah, and particularly to fruits, grains, and <coughs> kidneys. Um, <coughs> and Kedusha Shviyas actually also applies to flowers, if they are flowers that are specifically bought from their fragrance. Now, there are lots of farmers who, who in Eretz Yisrael, who avoid all these m- rules of Shemitah, of, of the farming and the, and the way they treat the produce, they, they participate in the Hetem Mechira, which is they sell their land to someone who's not Jewish for the whole Shemitah. Um, many don't accept that, that, that kula to rely on Hetem Mechira, uh, and they will treat those as if they're plain old Shemitah produce, either speaking of the vegetables or Kedusha Shviyas if they're fruits. Now, of the Mahadrin, the Mahajan Hashkochas in Eretz Yisrael and in the United States will not accept the Hetem Mechira. Um, but even so, there might still be produce with those with reputable Hashkochas um, that came from Shemitah year. How do they do that? It's not from Hetem Mechira, so what is it? So there's a few different ways that it could happen. Uh, one is called Yavul Machri. This is something that grew <coughs> on a field that was owned by someone who's not Jewish. He, it's within the borders of Eretz Yisrael, but it grew in a, in a non-Jewish field. Um, some, particularly those who follow the Chazanish, say that that produce is not permitted, but most hold that it is, and it does not have Kedusha Shviyas, and you could use it like a regular cucumber like anything else. So that's one thing, it's called Yivul Nachri, it grew by a non-Jews, in a non-Jews field. A more modern way of getting produce is to grow it in specially made greenhouses, and the reasons to, that that might be excused from the halachas of Shemitah is either because it grew indoors, it's called Zerea Babayas, it grew indoors, maybe it doesn't have rules of Shemitah, and a related then, which is, <coughs> it grew in Atzashen Nakam, meaning it grew unattached to the ground, um, the separation between the ground and the produce, and that's another possible reason why it should be mutter. There's all kinds of technical and halachic uh, criteria um, in, order to, uh, in order to qualify as Zerea Babayas or Atzashen Nakam, um, and there's all kinds of shitas about which ones work and which ones don't work. What does it take to make it work, etc., etc. Um, so, in order to, so there are many hakshem who rely on this, but often they will mark their produce as matzah menutak, which means it's from a disconnected bed, and it's from something that was off the ground to let you know that this was made um, based on that kind of a heter, and I guess you could take it or leave it. Okay, and the last way to get produce during Shemitah, um, not as popular anymore as it used to be, and it's called through something called Oitzabesin. That is the. It comes from farmers who follow all the halachas of shemitah. They only work the fields in the way that you're allowed to do in shemitah. Um, and what they have, they have bezdin that the community will send someone down to harvest that fruit, pack it, or harvest it, package it, and deliver it to people in, in cities to take. And it's hefkar. Now the the bezdin is allowed to take money for the expenses, like for the malacha that you're allowed to do in shemitah, the harvesting, the packaging, the papers, or you know the delivery, all that they're allowed to charge for that. And often the Bezdin will hire the actual farmer himself to do all that work. So people who pay for it will then only pay for the um, that that small amount. They'll pay for that that amount that it costs for all those those details, but not so to speak for the food itself. 
Um, and of course, that since it grew in Shemitah, it does have Kedusha Shvius. Uh, but you have to then pay, you have to pay this amount to, um, for the course that, that are, so to speak, legal for them to have. Now, I just want to conclude by saying this. If, because of all these things that we've been talking about, the mitzvahs, Arla, the Trumas and and Shemitah, um, getting produce in Eretz Yisrael is very different than the rest of the world. Here in the United States, if you want to buy an orange in the store, we don't think twice about it. You don't, you don't look for hashkacha on, 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 in a fruit store. But in Eretz Yisrael, you most definitely do. Uh, and they will only buy, typically, they're only going to buy fruits and vegetables or things that are made with them from stores that have hashkacha. Um, and so... The, the we who live in Chutzarts, um, we again we usually don't need to have hashkacha on our fruits and vegetables, the raw fruits and vegetables. But if we uh, come across vegetables like that in the store and it says you know coming from Eretz Yisrael, then uh, while we're very happy that we get to support Israeli farmers, that's that's great. That part is, but we have to make sure that we've dealt with or thought about the mitzvah toys We make sure it's not Arlen or Shemitah, and if if it's not those, can we deal with the chumas or meisers? Um, that we have that have to be separated, um, so that we should be able to eat it, and the food should be kosher. Now, um, the, the people who are involved in hashkacha, they have you know we have lots and lots of ingredients that we consider kosher from any source. It doesn't have to have hashkacha on it. You could just buy it. You want to your company wants to use potatoes, they could use potatoes from anywhere. They don't have to have hashkacha on, on the raw potatoes. And we call those we have the, the, we have this fancy name. We call it group one ingredient. Okay. It's, but it's, autom- it's understood and it's automatic that if it comes from Eretz Yisrael, it's excluded. So it might, the rule, the, the, the company might be told you can buy your carrots from any place, but if we're making, this is a soup company, and they buy carrots and peppers, and then they're told you can buy your carrots and peppers from wherever you want to. But the should be understand that it's sort of built into the system is that if it comes from Eretz Yisrael, that's not included in that rule that you can buy from any place. And therefore, you'd have to deal with it and make sure that, in fact, it's okay to use. It doesn't fall into the regular rule of, yes, this, these carrots are okay no matter where they came from.